What's up, happy people? Welcome back to another episode of Perception is a fucking bitch, man. 50 Cent gave an interview where he expounded on the fuckery that is perception of the aesthetics and material biases that we all live by. In this analogy, 50 said, Imagine you're sitting at a red light in a nice-ass Bentley, and I pull up next to you in a dirty, beat-up, 93 Dodge Caravan, and I signal to you, Hey, roll your window down. What are you going to do? Well, we all know what you're going to do. You're going to fucking ignore me and drive the fuck on. Now imagine that exact same scenario, except this time I pull up to you in a fucking Rolls Royce. This time, when I signal for you to roll your window down, you don't even think about it because now you feel like I might have something of value to give you. You see, this is one of those perception is creating reality moments and a lot of us are living a superficial reality. All right, Sarah, this is your moment. This is your uh, moment. My moment? Hey, if I pull up in a 93 Dodge Caravan, you used to go ride with me. I already did. Yeah. You didn't even have a car when I met you. Uh, yes, I did. No, I you had didn't. a Lincoln LS. Not when I met you. Yes, you uh-uh. did. Yes, yes, ma'am, I did. Because you had wrecked your car. You hadn't bought the Lincoln. I, I you wrecked bought my the car Lincoln after when we I were met together. You. No, you bought the Lincoln. I was, I was in with between you. Cars. Yes, I, between... I know. That's my point. You did not have a car because <laughs> we I... walked to campus. <laughs> For like Remember a that? week or two. And then I pull up in the cat, yeah, not in the cat, in the Lincoln, in the Lincoln LS. That old man Lincoln. Hey, it was a rich man's Lincoln. <laughs> no, That's, it wasn't. That, look, that looked like a grandpa's car. Now, where I'm from, look, for black folks, there are certain car brands that speak success. It's uh. a Lincoln. It it's looked like Cadillac. something my grandpa would drive. Let's just I, say I, I was, was not with you for the car. From, for damn from, sure. In my mind. I was not a gold digger. In my mind, I'm like, oh, yeah, if I pull up in a Lincoln or a Caddy, she's going to ride with me. <laughs> nope. I, re- I rode with you in spite of the Lincoln. Okay, okay. Y'all, she can look back in hindsight now and change the narrative. Okay, but. <laughs> That's, just speaking facts right now. Okay. Uh, true story. True story. Part of why Sarah left me was because I bought her for her. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't part of why I left. <laughs> okay. So I, the quick story. Quick story. I had Sarah graduated college. Uh-huh. I bought her a uh, Cadillac CTS mm-hmm. blue, baby blue. Put Surprise some rims me on it. You went out and and drove to what Tennessee? I drove to Tennessee to surprise her. I was going cash, cash. I paid cash for the car. I showed up. Sarah looked at the car. I was like, meh. I was so confused. I was like, why did you get a cat? Like, where, what? I'm like, what sparked this? Like, where did this come from? Meh, that's all I get. How many husbands out here just buying cars for their wife? (laughs) Turns out, turns out what I got in trouble for was a she a truck girl so her I'm a status jeep girl. Is, I'm not I'm not a truck I'm a jeep girl so if I pull up in a jeep you know Sarah you know, the, the panties get wet right <laughs> the panties get wet 
But because, see, as a black man, I associate success uh-huh. with Cadillacs, with those Lincolns, vehicles. those luxury sedans, the Escalade. And as a country white girl from Arkansas. I just Arkansas, felt like you didn't know me. I was like, this is not for me. This is like, I felt like you just wanted a second car. <laughs> like you found a new toy and your excuse to buy it was, oh, Sarah needs a car. Okay, now we're rolling into the content of today's conversation. So y'all seen how perception is being a bitch right here? Fucking bitch. Just even, I buy a car for my wife, but because it's not how she perceives success, oh, really, what must have happened was you wanted a second car. You did. <laughs> no, I did not. Put the you wanted to upgrade you. your car. I already had a fucking Lincoln. I still drove. Because we ended up selling the other car, and you kept when we that we were way. moving from Arkansas uh-huh. to Texas. You see how that, like, perfectly lined up. Okay. For you. And anyway, but going back to this quote by the OG 50 Cent, <laughs> uh-huh. the point he was making in that statement was our perception. Aesthetics matter. Yes. And our perception of value is contextual, right? Yeah. We are, we're all trying to fit a role is what he was talking about. Like if, if you, you look, look like you fit the role and the part. Then, then you, the success can come from that, the aesthetics. And so today we're talking about like judging a book by its cover, like the things that we look at and like, oh, that means success. So this means I'm a certain type of person. And we all, uh, put up these, these facades. It's basically like, you know, the Snapchat filters that make it, make us look good. We're all living through a filter. We're all putting up all all these filters on ourselves. Mentally and physically. We look like something. We all know we don't look like, we look in the mirror like, oh, my eyelashes (laughs) don't look like that. My eyes aren't that big. I'm not that thin. But hey, this Snapchat filter's lit. Like, I'm just going to post this one versus my regular selfie. There's some people when they put their selfies on Facebook and Instagram, I'm like, like, woof. She don't look like that. I see her every day in real life. She she not that skinny. I know, skinny. right? <laughs> I know she not that skinny. Where's she from? For all this clout chasing, this clout cover. You know, that reminds me of the the I Have a Dream, Martin Luther King. How did you get to that? I did just see. I bring the philosophy. You bring the comedy. Okay, oh, stick okay. to your role. <laughs> in the I Have a Dream speech, Martin Luther King was: "I hope one day that man will be judged by the content of his character and not by his skin color." Mm. And I'm paraphrasing here. Okay. Basically, he was saying that you know, I I hope to live in a world where a man is is a book is not judged by its cover. True. But that that does not happen. That can never happen because we're all given to biases. Yeah, and when people say I don't see color, it's the most shut bullshit. The fuck up. <laughs> like you see it. Now it doesn't mean you judge the person based on it, but you have like, are you blind? Unless you're blind, you see it. Like so. So you, when when do fifth, you lack the 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 retinas to process yeah. the the. There's so much game in what Fifty said, right? Yeah. Like that. If I pull up in a Rolls Royce, all of a sudden. You know, and now you feel like I've got something valuable to give to you. If a homeless person walked up to our car window and knocked on the window, if we're not rolling to give, that down. If a homeless person just won the lottery ticket and he was, was trying, trying to give it to, to me, it to us. I won't fuck because you don't look the part. And, and that's my point. So if, if a homeless person came and knocked on our window, Perception's we probably would not we would not roll it down. Um, but if someone in a nice business suit, I could be, I could tie. be choking in the car. Uh-huh. Maybe I was eating chicken and I, I was choking on the chicken, like that bodybuilder who died choking on chicken and a homeless person's knocking on the window to save my life. I'm not rolling that shit down. I'm taking my chances with the chicken. I think then you would roll it down. I think you would be getting out of the car. I, I think I'd be taking my chances with the chicken. You'd be, you'd be getting out of the car. 
But you're you're missing the point. You're missing the point. Like I'm saying, the um, the guy in the suit, you would roll the window down for. Yes, one hundred. Looks a certain type of way. Now you're curious. Like, is my tire flat? Like, are, are you know? Do you have something like you notice something about me? Like, do you know me from somewhere? You're curious now, so you'll risk it. Now this is actually funny because if you pay attention to movies and TV shows and stuff, how do a lot of the heists t- take place? Typically, it's people, the criminals are very well-dressed. The serial killer is dressed in a suit and tie. A lot of times, yeah, the plot has somehow, they they make themselves look a certain part, and they're able to skate by because most people in their day-to-day life do not look past a surface level. They they look, do you look like you fit the part? Oh, you look like a janitor, therefore I'm just going to assume you're a janitor and let you through. Or you look like the business person, so I'm going to let you in you know, Dave, and not question Dave, Dave it. Dave Chappelle, the modern day Play-Doh, mm-hmm. he was like, just because I dress this way does not make me a whore. <laughs> you remember that joke? Uh-huh. Remember that what joke? was the punchline? Okay. That was the punchline. Oh, okay. It was like, so if I'm, I forget the actual joke, but if somebody runs up to a police officer, say during Halloween, and it's like, oh, yeah, just yeah. because I'm dressed this way does, does not, not make me a police officer. officer. <laughs> <laughs> Question your bias, motherfucker. Like, you know, just uh, because I look like a stripper does not make me a stripper. You know, a funny thing about Dave Chappelle, actually, is he he joked a lot about how when he was hanging out with Snoop Dogg and and a lot of those other guys, and they were passing around the weed and just chilling, they're like, oh, yeah, growing up in Compton, growing up in Long Beach, you're so rough. Yeah, so they'd all be sitting around. just assume that his background must have been rough, right? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it was, oh, man, super rough, super rough. If you're black and you make it front, if you you, you had the top of your game in rap or music or comedy Comedy. you must have had a rough childhood and he's like just assumed he had the same upbringing they had he's like but i I don't know maybe little timmy had more more toys than i did but beyond that (laughs) my life wasn't too bad i don't know the struggles of the streets (laughs) i don't know you know so again perception is a bitch like even within a niche um he he still was judged by that filter right and and the aesthetics but it it, it's so kind of part of what even sparked a lot of this conversation is um i've had several moments when we're kind of like talking about um oh if i if i got a certain job or if this moment happened i'd have to go get a a new outfit or get my hair done and my nails done like i have to look the role i'd feel yes so for example, if I got a job uh, managing a Prada store. Prada, Gucci. Yeah. I would freeze all our accounts. I would pull you off every single account, make sure you had no access and couldn't spend beyond like <laughs> Gee, 20 thanks bucks. thanks for the trust. Couldn't spend more than 20 bucks without, without triggering thanks a notification. For the trust. <laughs> oh, I'm doing it because I trust you. <laughs> to, to right. Spend. Right. <laughs> But my point is, if I took on that role and I'm going into that job, I would be required to look. I actually probably wouldn't even get hired if I showed up to the interview. Not look, It wouldn't matter if I came in given the best answers. Because a big part of what they're looking for, whether they can say it in the interview or not, is do, does this person look the part? And I know I don't. I might have like semi-pleasing features i'm some you know my face is mostly symmetrical uh, i'm i'm 
not hot, but I'm I'm cute. I you think know? you're hot. Thank I you. think you're hot. <laughs> was that a I'm, what, no? I'm, I'm was saying, that a moment where I could have fucked up? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, I'm 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 on the spectrum of towards the aesthetically pleasing. So, and that works in my favor because most times, if I walk into a job interview or an unfamiliar yeah, situation, I, I do have a little bit of that privilege. Yeah, <laughs> that like, white girl privilege. I'm, I'm decently attractive. Um, I'm clean. I'm I'm well-dressed. Becky with the blonde hair, you know? <laughs> yeah, this twelve uh, $1,200 hair now. 12, this, hey, I will, every chance I get to call Shit. that out, yeah, $1,200 to take Sarah from a uh, brunette to a blonde. Not on purpose. Someone <laughs> fucked up. Someone fucked up. But anyways, like, there's a lot of just, I have those advantages when I walk into most situations. However, if... I still um, am at a disadvantage in a lot of ways because I am not high maintenance. So while I'm on the attractive side, I don't do all of the things that would be necessary to put me in that high echelon of upper class. I don't get my nails done. I don't get my eyelashes done. I don't fake tan. I uh, go to the salon really like once a year for my hair. So you can't even really call that out. Um, I don't buy new clothes. Um, most of what I have is not name brand even. When I do buy clothes, it's clearance rack shit. So I'm not going to walk into one what of those. What do you mean? Nike, Adidas, those are name brands? Those are athletic wear. <laughs> and a lot of them we got for free or discounted through our jobs. She's talking like you don't wear name brands. I'm like, what are you wearing? The unlabeled brand? I have Lululemon <laughs> that's like five seasons old. This is oh, not. You're making it sound like, oh, everything I wear doesn't have a tag. <laughs> I'm not saying it doesn't not a tag but it's not like i'm on label i got the the news <laughs> i get you i get you I, I, i'm just pulling your legs i'll pull your legs i can't wear you know my lululemon to a gucci interviewer <laughs> i i get it there's, there's levels to this okay there is like if, if you went in for um, a job interview you have an accounting degree if you went in for a job interview for wall street i would you, have to you look can't a certain wear way the little off the rack you know, suit you got back here that doesn't quite fit. It wouldn't. It wouldn't matter what I knew. Mm-hmm. They they wouldn't be able to get past my physical presentation. You're, you're, yes. Again, I go back to the Martin Luther quote where I get the utopia of what he was trying to describe, mm-hmm. and I get the subcontext of racial equality that he was trying to describe. But high level, when we talk about human beings being able to evolve beyond their baseline perceptions of aesthetics and materialism to see beyond that, to see quality content or, or in someone's character or to see someone's knowledge. You know, uh, I don't know that humans can do that. I think the point you made earlier was we're only able to transcend that. Only very few of us, and I'm talking maybe 50 people in the entire plant on the entire planet of 7 billion people are ever able to transcend that perception mm-hmm. like the Warren Buffetts, the Bill Gates, the Mark Zuckerbergs, the Steve Jobs. These are people who can wear the same shirt and jeans every day yes, and not be judged so, by society. So that's that's a point where they've transcended uh, the need to prove themselves or validate themselves through the aesthetics because they've been validated they've been, through other accomplishments, through their work, right. through their accomplishments, they have a or body through their of wealth. Work. Yeah, yeah. 
that that people recognize yeah. that scale. Beyonce walking out in sweatpants now. It no wouldn't matter. You'd still like, yeah, I'd tap that because it's fucking Beyonce. You know who she is. Like You know, this is why a lot of this this is unique now, where Gary V was making a point. He said we're headed into a world where Gucci Mane or Kanye West or Wiz Khalifa will walk into the boardrooms of Apple, Google, Microsoft, smoking weed and in sweats, sweatshirts, and Doesn't no one matter. will say no one no. will say shit. Shit that you and I could never pull off. Mm-hmm. Right? Because they've been socially validated. There's a body of work. They've transcended that cultural trap that yeah. cultural prison that mm-hmm. we're all bound to of you have to look and oh yeah snoop dogg can get high on tv and no one fucks no one with no them. one no one fucks and no one bats an eye and i i it, it is funny because i i do look at um people like steve jobs or or um even einstein who kind of like stopped brushing his hair and they get to a point for one they're about optimization at that point it's like they're they have so much wealth, the wealth isn't even cool anymore. They have so much knowledge, it's like, I just want to keep learning things. I don't want to waste my time These with like... These motherfuckers have forgotten more than I will ever know. Yes. So when you have that level of skill, it doesn't matter what car you drive. It doesn't matter what you look like. It, you you get to the benefit of people seeing you for your accomplishments, for what you can offer, for what you can do, and not what you present. Most hmm, of us. That was powerful. That was powerful. Thank you. Most of us have to start earning our way by what we present, by what we can prove uh, our worth from our aesthetics, and then we might get the chance to show you what we have to offer internally, as far as knowledge, personality. Um, and, and that sucks because if you think about going for a job interview, and I don't know why this popped in my head. These are people who are trying to hire the best possible candidate candidate to fill a role and do a job exceptionally well. But we are making these base decisions, first of all, based on aesthetics. Yep. Because if the most competent person for the job came in not looking how you expect him to present himself, Mm -hmm. he doesn't even get a shot. Yep. Absolutely. You know, but yet, yet, but yet, Mm -hmm. contradictorily, we are there to hire the, the best, best candidate. Person. You know, what's what's amazing, too, is how much of it is things outside of a person's control. Because we could say, okay, well, if you showed up smelling bad or in a really awful outfit, um, dirty, um, all those things that he could control. Okay, like now that's some validity to the reason of not hiring him. This is like, why did he take the effort to at least wash his suit or make sure he smelled good? Um go into a, even a secondhand thrift store to buying a nice outfit. It doesn't have to be brand new, but put some effort in because that could reflect on the character of the person, right? However, a lot of the things that we do judge on is things that people have no control over. Like we automatically judge people based on the symmetry of their face, their aesthetics, their height, their build, so if you, a well-muscular man, decently tall, walked in versus a short, scrawny guy walked in for a job, who do you think all of a sudden you feels more competent and more like a leader? The tall, right. This is why United States presidents typically 
have a certain type of musculature and stature about them. This is why they say uh, the president, oh, what was his name? Um, Eisenhower, who was handicapped, had polio. And that's the right name, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So he, he, if we're wrong, fact check us. You know where we're going. <laughs> he had polio and he could not, he was in a wheelchair. And they say a big reason why he could get away with that for his candidacy was a lot of it was through radio when he was getting elected. He probably Now, couldn't. towards the end of his presidency, they had the news and TV and he was on camera. But he had already earned his way at that point. He had transcended, right. That he was a good president. So people didn't mind when they found out. But if there had been the news coverage that we have and the scrutiny that we have for today's presidency, couldn't have been president. He, he would have been never perceived have as got, weak. Exactly. Most exactly. Competent guy but for the was, job. He was able to portray through his voice and his knowledge over the radio how competent he was. You know, for they it. even talk about the election between um, JFK mm-hmm. and I think it was uh, Nixon. Okay. Um. If you watched their debate on TV, mm-hmm. you thought JFK won. Yeah. If you listened to their debate on radio, you thought Nixon won. So JFK just looked more presidential. He looked presidential. He looked attractive. It was aesthetically, aesthetically pleasing. pleasing to the mm-hmm. eye. Versus he looked if, like a leader. Yes. Ver- <laughs> whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> versus if you heard them on radio... Nixon came off as the more put together, more thought out mm-hmm. in, in his ideas. And I think about how social media or our culture today is very heavily influenced on visual and, you know, what people see. Yeah. And our decisions on, you know, who becomes the next president or whatever, whatever this big decisions we make in life are all based on this visual visualization that, you know, even when you start looking at the most successful YouTube channels, these people tend to be somewhat attractive. attractive yeah, because you have all to of look a sudden you have to look at them. And if I click, if I'm trying to learn some technical skill and, Ah, this motherfucker's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna like see if there's another video. Someone see, else. Yeah. See if there's a cuter. It doesn't matter if it's male or female. Like yeah. I'm not looking for an attractive female or uh-huh. a woman's not looking for Just attractive someone male. Who doesn't Just, like. Ooh, that's repulsive. Doesn't repulsive. And again, that's the same thing in job interviews. Like if you're thinking I'm gonna have to work with this person every day, and you're looking at them and it's like I don't know They're if I want to like show to up at. to like <laughs> see that every single day. Um, so you do find that there's there's studies that show and prove that attractive people are are automatically more likely to be successful so within you, their life. So you're saying if you're ugly, a, you're dead on arrival. You're dead on arrival. <laughs> now, <laughs> like you heard it here first, folks. But like that's that's where like people who are are genetically born. Um, on the unattractive scale or with genetic deficiencies that um, put them in a position to have to overcome those obstacles. Um, for example, men who are bit born incredibly short. That is a genetic disadvantage to them now because we live in a world that validates men who are tall uh, for no other reason than they're tall. And I've like heard women, girls say... Oh, yeah, women will, oh, he's so cute. No, he's not cute. He's, he's just, just tall. tall. And, and then you look at the short you, guy and he's very cuter, attractive, but smarter, I, oh, I, I'm not, you know, I don't find him attractive. And, and that's where a lot of people end up having to compensate. So it, it can turn out to be a good thing because a lot of times people who are unattractive or have 
things that they have to overcome like that become better human beings. They become more empathetic. They create better leaders. They have to develop better leadership skills, better intelligence, better communication skills. Um, They oftentimes are great comedians. uh, Like Napoleon Bonaparte was a a short man and was a very charismatic. um, This guy was 5'3", but they said if you met him, you felt like his soul was 6'5". Yes, because he had to develop characteristics. Charisma. That would outweigh what you saw visually. So it's not that it can't be done. It takes a, but a it's tremendous a, amount of like effort. Effort, right? And and um, it's it's amazing to see. I think we even um, got that book. It was something about like the art of seduction. Mm-hmm, the art Do of you seduction. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Who was it? There was there was a um, basically a Casanova character that they described in there, saying similar to Napoleon, who was very short. Um, I can't for the life of me remember his name, but anyways, just of the story was, I think it was in the French court mm-hmm. and he would romance all of these different ladies, basically every man's wife in the court he had slept with Dang. because he would come in and he could position himself as their friend, their confidant, the shoulder they could cry on before you know it, he had swooped in and, and, and had I the lady, take your girl. Yeah. <laughs> And it it was, that's that swagger that, and you know, that this is what scares me. This is the, this is a huge point I want to emphasize here. We have moved into a world where it is now even harder for the people who are like that, who maybe have some kind of physical thing that they have to overcome aesthetically, but who have so much to offer as far as the communication, the intelligence, everything else in the package. But we live in this swipe world. Mm. This swipe left. (laughs) (laughs) Swipe left. (laughs) Repulsive. Like, so a lot of times these people are not, now they're not even getting to get in the room to get a chance. Because they don't even get a seat at the table because it's all visual now. It's all visual. Um, Visual perception. Even me, like so. For, this is one uh, of them. Perception. Let's say perception <laughs> is, is a, a fucking bitch, man. man. You so, can't even get married because she will not swipe right. She won't even get. She won't even she let won't, you buy her dinner. Nah, man. You yeah. don't even get to buy her free food. Okay. Nope. She don't even get to see you're a nice person. Nope. So and it, it it scares me because I'm like, if if something ever happened, I had to enter the dating world. Shit, like that shit is. Scary as fuck. I am so glad you and I did not have to date in this Tinder swipe right or left oh, look, world. I, I, I already it's know. I already know. I already know. Because I have this resting bitch face, you know? So <laughs> you always look angry. Yeah. Even when I'm smiling, I look angry. <laughs> like, smile, bitch. Oh, I am smiling. The good thing is, in person, at least you don't know how to flirt. You I would, have no I would idea never get the flirt. chance to be in person. I'm saying even if they did come up to you in person, because I've seen it happen where women oh. come up and flirt with you in person and you have no clue. I don't clue. know how to. I, I, I either <laughs> don't know. And when I do know, I don't know how to respond you don't know to it. Like, <laughs> so I don't have to worry. But um, 
No, I'm so glad we don't have to go to that Tinder world. But I, I did download, uh, I think it's called Bumble BFF. Because I was like, man, I, I wish I had more girlfriends. I wish I had more women that I could just go hang out with and, and Grab chill. Grab a cup of coffee. Friends yeah, that are margarita. not me. Yes, I love you. But sometimes you need, I need someone to bitch about or to bitch with about you. Yeah, well, and we I tried that, that with your you. mom and your sister and your so family. Can't be, it, can't that be didn't family. work. Okay. Can't be family. Well, okay. So, note to self: whoever Sarah's friend is, automatically, I know this motherfucker hates me. <laughs> just, no, no, never. But I, I, you need girlfriends. You need a a a, a tribe, really. Like, mm-hmm. and you, you need more guy friends. So I need more. I need another girlfriend. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll get. I'll get. I'll let her take the shitty jobs and then I'll take the good jobs. <laughs> okay. Um, so I just, I downloaded the BFF app and what was funny about it is I found myself swiping a lot based on aesthetics. Swipe left, and swipe left, swipe left. Like, I know if I met a person in, in person, that's not going to be my primary filter is what they look like. But when I'm on the app and that's like, Nine out of ten points that I have to judge by. And these you're just apps, looking at them like, oh, do they look like the person I'd be a friend with? How do I like their smile? How are their eyes? And so you're not judging it based on like you're judging platonic oh, friendship, not even by the quality of the, chi- uh, the character. Like, by this aesthetics. is not someone I'm trying to date or hook up with. This is just someone I'm trying to like go grab coffee have with. good friendships and connections with. And this so, is this is what I mean by this is what's scary about the world we're headed into. If yeah. you think social media and the world was already bad and kids were disconnected from like real life friendships they'll have it gets no worse. idea how to connect in 10 years ugly people y'all think it's rough now oh shit <laughs> this is the beginning this shit. is the end of the beginning it's it's a challenge man it's a struggle out there and i i worry that this is going to have huge ramifications because you have to think we're still somewhat early on into this dating online swipe left swipe right reality and I, I, I cannot even fathom the repercussions that this is going to have 10, 20, 50 years from now. I feel like when I talk to a lot of my peers, there are less married couples. There are less couples who have had a healthy relationship. Perception is a bitch. Man. Like none of them are in a place financially or mentally with it that they would like to be at the age that they should be. We talked about this. And I think a lot of it comes down to how they have learned to form relationships. And they've learned to form them through this instantaneous, tender, like swipe, meet up, judge everything based on aesthetics. You need to change everything about you, but I don't need to change anything about me. You need to accept me for who I am, but you yeah. know what? You need to conform to who I think you should be. And I do feel like, I mean, it's bad on both sides, um, but I feel like women do get this really, really hard. Like you and I will go out and meet a lot of our peers and how many of the guys are butt ass ugly and then the girls they're with are hot as fuck. Yes, I think women got the memo earlier on than men. That, that aesthetics matter. And, and I think because women have always been judged by the visual appearance throughout time and throughout history, mm-hmm. I think most men are coming... 
most men who are figuring it out are early in the game. And then there are some men who are still living in the fucking stone ages when it comes to visual aesthetics. Because mm-hmm. even I told you that for my job or just to be relevant in the marketplace and not even my company or my field, but fit men. Mm-hmm. This is something. Uh, so one guy I follow a lot is Scott Galloway. Yeah. Right. And even on his podcast, he's a business guy. He's a marketing professor at NYU Stern. He talks about just being physically fit or perceived to be strong like bull for a guy automatically I, I sends said, you that, to the yeah. to the one percent of like because now you're you're perceived to be strong, a leader, confident. You yes. Know, you so have so that over the pandemic, one of my big of goals was to lose twenty pounds. Yeah. And I did. And I kid you not, the reaction and the interactions I've gotten from my peers from the marketplace mm-hmm. has been significantly warmer and better than when I than what I had when I was 20, mm-hmm. 25 pounds heavier. Now take this from a woman's perspective. 100%. From a woman's perspective, if you lose weight, you're too skinny. If you if you gain weight, you're too fat. If you have muscle, you're too much muscle. If you don't have muscle, you need to add some muscle cuz you're skinny fat. So there's no real body type for a woman. That pleases everyone. There's no standard. For there's men, no, it's just fit. Just be fit. Just don't be fat. That's it. For women, there's all the there's makeup layers. stuff. There's layers. There's, there's ma- nuances. You wear makeup. Oh, it's too much makeup. You don't wear makeup. Oh, you didn't try. You you wear something that's a nice blazer, nice outfit. Oh, well, that was the wrong color, the wrong cut for fit you. Fit guy shows Think up to an interview. Think about even politics. Yeah. On women in politics... They spend more time talking about that woman's skirt or pantsuit or what she hat she chose to wear than they do about her political standings and beliefs. And their perception of what she wore will determine how they vote. Yes. Their that perception should of how <laughs> scare you. And their perception of how attractive she is will determine yes. how they vote. And so and men want like they, they want a woman who wants them for them, but they also want her to be super attractive. But then they 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 don't want to be held to the same standard. Okay, it's, go ahead. I'm I'm just like the the mind on this for women. It 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 blows my mind how harsh, like how the reality from a young age is like. We tell little boys, "Oh, you have fun, be strong, be brave, be a good leader." And we tell women, "Be pretty." I get you. I get you. Anyways, not I'm saying it's on my, my little soapbox. So let let's let's take a quick break because I want to talk about something else when we get back. Can we go get a shot? Uh I think I'm gonna go grab another bank or another <laughs> <laughs> I need I need I need some energy. You need right some now. caffeine. I need some energy. I'll be right back. We'll be right back. Hey, happy people. Hope you're enjoying the tipsy philosophical banter between Deji and I so far today. As we discuss the many ways in which perception is a bitch, we'd like to take this quick break to top off our tequila and remind all y'all bitches that you can submit your questions, comments, or topic ideas to our email piabpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find the links to our PIAB book, merch, and Instagram in the links attached to this episode. All right, now that that bullshit's out of the way and we've re-upped on our favorite inhibition-lowering, 
mind-expanding, and giggle-inducing substances. Let's get back to it. What's up, happy people? Welcome back to our show. <laughs> so, we've re-upped. You were talking about prejudice. Yeah, so I just think it's funny how prejudice is, when you when you boil it down, it's all revolving around aesthetics, on, on what we see about a person and instantaneously judge. They, they say, you know, you, you have one chance to make a first impression. Right, That's scary. It is scary. It's very scary. And then, uh, like a lot of the opportunities <laughs> and interactions from that point is based on that first impression. The opportunity you give me. So if I if it's a six figure opportunity we're talking about, it's based on how they how they perceive you I'm in the hoping, first five seconds. I'm hoping seconds. that I fit whatever model of attractiveness and beauty yeah. you have. They say they say a person decides within the first five seconds of meeting someone whether they would even sleep with them. That's perception. It's, That's perception. it's all aesthetics. It's all perception. We're all in it's, shitty it's relationships. All prejudice. Yeah. It's it's just it's all prejudice. And so anytime someone is is talking about someone being prejudiced against them, they're talking about being judged on something that's not to do with their character. It's not to do with reality. It's not to do with their competencies. It's just based on preconceived notions around why they look. And this is what what why racism is such a huge problem in their country. A lot of people... Oh, anywhere I, in the world. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people with racism, though, especially in America, they feel... Like racism isn't a real thing because they like oh we've we don't have slaves anymore everyone's free and equal in this country so no one's really prejudiced the way that people are saying that there are so we're all so, prejudiced like yeah the right wing is saying that the left wing is crazy and that that we're all just being overly sensitive and that racism isn't a real problem uh, and we're just kind of being butt hurt about silly stuff. And the whole point is is that no, that it's not it's not the action of being arrested by a cop. It's not the action of even being accidentally shot by a cop. It's the overwhelming fact that this is happening to a certain demographic based purely on the aesthetic of their skin color. And there is even we watched um that one hundred humans mm -hmm. show where they had people of all races and ethnicities in a, in a test and they had them shooting bad guys and trying to protect the good guys, right? And then they would take a black person that they knew and put them in that group and then they would they would alternate on which side he was, where he was in the scenario. And they said every time the person who had the gun that was trying to fire to protect would shoot the unarmed black man versus the armed white man, no matter where he was in, in, this, in the simulation. And even though they knew the black guy and were friends with him versus the white guy, they did not know who was an actor. Right. So it, it, like, because it, it and this is the point I was making that it transcends racism. Yes. It, it, it goes into like it's cognitive programming. Bias. Like we, we've all been programmed from birth and it's not something you're born with. It's something you're taught. Right. OK. Society teaches to you because they had experiments where they would show a black doll. Yeah. And a, and a white doll. The to, brown to eye kids. blue eyes. 
the brown eye blue eye test and every time the kids and we're talking five four-year-old six-year-old kids always even black girls would pick the white doll as the prettier doll yeah so the black because doll is somehow ugly. somehow whether and I, hold the on, the hold more on. powerful one, though, is the brown eye, blue eye test, because this is shows that it can be taught in real time. What you're talking about like, and what we were talking about before with racism is being taught from birth. What I was trying to say is a lot of times, especially with the black parents, mm-hmm. they're, they're not they don't they're not teaching it directly to their black daughters that the white doll is prettier. No, it's not intentional it's society. Yeah. And unintentional. We're going back to the visual representation. A lot of these girls are watching Cinderella. They're watching Frozen. Mm-hmm. It's all the visual. So they begin to now see the princess is the always princess white, and, is blonde always white and, and blonde. Mm-hmm. Right. So black parents don't even recognize that they are perception being a fucking bitch, that they're well, a fucking. It's not even the parents fault because of the media unfairly represents. So what are you going to do? Tell your kid now that they can't go to see the, the new movie? Because it doesn't represent them well. So this is the fight why, you know, black people will say, this hey, we need black more. This is why Black Panther was huge and, and broke all the records. It was the first time that we, yeah. Saw, saw yourself represented in a superhero movie. But a lot of people, sometimes white people, well, let me not say that. It's not a white or a black thing. It's just people in general. We don't, we don't want to admit that these visuals, mm-hmm. these on-screen type shit that we see shape a lot of what we perceive to be beauty what we perceive to be of value in society so if all if all the the folk tales and all the cartoons and all all the superheroes that i grew up watching and listening to are Uh white then i start to believe even as a black kid that oh i guess all the scientists and all the geniuses are white and I guess all the rappers and all the basketball athletes and so all that's that what I need to be in life tend to be black. And that's yeah. what I need to be because it is what you have seen subconsciously mm-hmm. reinforced over, over and over, over and, over and over again. Yeah. And those cognitive biases now play out as uh-huh. racism and play out as prejudice. But it starts off in just the media that we mm-hmm. consume in the content that we consume. It shapes your world. Absolutely. And this is why a lot of people, um, conservative people, well, I kind of talk about how they're accidentally racist because they grow up in these mostly white communities. They don't have any opportunity to interact with people of different religions, ethnicities, uh, races. And so they, they find themselves relying on what they see in, in, in the media and when everything the media portrays is as a black violence you know crime drug deals uh muslims bombing shit and stuff now they're afraid and 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 they're racist toward those people prejudiced towards people that fit that that i'll tell you right now the the world the, the word racist triggers me yeah. And I don't know why, because I'm They're not white. Yeah. yeah, prejudice is my word, mm-hmm. because I look at people who are racist, and there's a part of me that goes, it's not 100% your fault. You are just the physical manifestation of a cognitive societal bias. That's been taught. You are the product of, of, of a much bigger problem here, yes. and it's on both sides, black mm-hmm. or white. So I, I just get triggered when I hear the word, I get, I okay, get that. okay. 
No, I absolutely get that. I mean, I think there's some people who maybe intentionally choose it. After One, a while, like but, the KKK? Um, okay. I, yeah. <laughs> you don't get me wrong. I, I'm not crazy and I'm not delusional. That's why I would even say like they're unintentionally racist because it's not like they set out like, oh, I hate black people, but they will they will enact racist acts and be prejudiced Hell, we, towards people who are different. We have a friend. We have a friend, a very uh-huh. close friend who is african-american uh-huh. and his daughter loves all these frozen kind of movies oh yeah she dresses up as dresses up as year. as it's always these white characters mm-hmm. puts on the blonde wig you know and she's she's black and you can begin to see a psychology shaped probably going to traumatize her somewhat growing you can, up you can where begin to like see the psychology all shape. her heroes are the white do not look princesses. like her yeah. do not look like her and again not her fault because there's not really good representation the one black disney princess is the fucking frog princess like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> like what what kind of bullshit is this i gotta tell you the story uh-huh. chadwick boseman uh because you brought a black panther uh-huh he what made him so iconic and i found this out after he died so this is what made him iconic to me is there were certain roles he just would not take Mm -hmm. because they fed into that black narrative narrative that black stereotype and he's like you know what this is what black people can't transcend in culture this this visual representation that the thug is always black that that the the gang member is oh always... remember when you showed up to my audition yes and they they made you so Sarah was in a movie um, uh-huh. murder book this was back in 2015 I, this wasn't related to that movie it was a different audition but but they're having me audition for a jazz singer and you were supposed to be like the act coming on before me or something like that they they, they, they called just, me like hey could you play the thug yeah pretend to be a rapper and i'm like well just I because i'm rap. black doesn't mean i'm a rapper you can't even say what up man like <laughs> i struggle talking ebonics <laughs> i can't do it you sound like an old professor there, there are white <laughs> people who sound better with ebonics than i do but because i look this way yeah all of a sudden i remember the first time i heard you say the n-word and i was so traumatized i was like don't do that ever that sounds again right where you do it that's not right where you do it it's not so so we have this friend who's daughter it it's it it's traumatizing mm-hmm. you know and i wonder what what would the future look like but to your point to your point prejudice right and people who don't understand what the fight is because it looks so mundane oh okay well, this is this was a whole hollywood thing mm-hmm. about why we want more quote-unquote black actors but yeah i do get how perception is a bitch to white actors and white people it's like oh they, these motherfuckers wanna they, 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 they you know affirmative action they want to take everything it's like no that's not what we're saying what we're saying is we have a whole generation of kids that don't who, see themselves represented who are being in books. traumatized like you can't here. enjoy like all the lord of the rings and harry potter when there's no characters in the lord of the rings and harry potter that look like you it doesn't mean it's not a good book but it's a little unfair that there's no character in there that you can be like oh yeah that's me like because when we when all of us when we watch a movie when we read a book we want to escape and envision ourselves in that timeline in that story and that's what's so unfair is like you can't in most stories you can't envision yourself in them because you're not represented and the ones that are represented 
it's not a favorable representation or it's like you're all like and they talk about this a lot like the black characters are always the the friendly grandmother that gives you advice the like idea type characters. yeah like the the backup characters we need more idris elbas yeah. we need more will smith before Bright, Believe, before, before yeah, all right. the shitty movies, all the shitty movies. He's <laughs> before Gemini Man, Will Smith has been letting me down lately. Yeah, Will Smith, Independence Day. Oh yeah, Hitch, like he was my hall pass Hitch, back in the day, and now um, he's like, ah, I, think uh, I'll pass. I am Legend. When we start getting past I Am Legend, Will Smith starts getting very Ooh. vague, very like, okay, okay, okay. We, well. Um, so let me tell about the brown eyed blue eyes because we touched on that, but we didn't okay. get to really talk about that one. And, and I, this is all this is all in context to judging a book by its cover yes. because again, the point of this conversation is we all we're all biased, right? Yes, and it's all and it's, we're, it's taught, it's taught, and that's why I want to talk. We're about, speaking to visual biases, yes. right? Which is why our media is mm-hmm. fucking important to culture. It's so because important. we live in this world where it used to be radio, and I, I don't mean to go on a rant here, so mm-hmm. I apologize, but it used to be that the only sensory, you know, you have five senses: the the ears, the eyes, the nose, whatever, smell, taste. You get where I'm going. The one we used to get information and process and, uh-huh. and come to conclusions was all we heard. Radio, right? It And then it evolved to TV and visual. Okay. Now we're kind of going back to, to, to that auditory, like with podcasts coming uh-huh. back and podcasts being cool now. But it is still disproportionately video. Most people are getting their information from YouTube and movies than they are from podcasts and shit, right? So... I, I don't know why I wanted to throw that out there. I, I don't, I don't know where really I was going know where with you're that. going with <laughs> I just wanted to remind the audience that what we're speaking to on this episode is, again, going back to that 50 cent I, I get, quote. I right, yeah, okay. People are just unfairly biased towards the visual. Yes. So I get you. Um, so the brown eye, blue eyes um, experiment, if you will. Oh, what was the name of the lady who did that? I don't remember her name. Uh, well, anyways, look up brown-eyed, blue-eyed experiment. She's up there. She's one of the top people who who really started kind of experimenting and exploring racism and Exper- biases and prejudice. Yes. Racism came out as a context yes. of that. Okay. So she took I'm a class <laughs> of I think it was all white kids in the class that she experimented yep. on, and first she. Kind of started with one, like, oh, I can't remember which one she started with. But um, everyone with brown eyes is extremely intelligent and everyone with blue eyes is stupid and we don't like them. Um, This was a group of like, I think they're like six or seven year olds. Um, Anyways, by the end of the day, you could have you could see marked interactions where the whichever one that had been told brown eyes you're the ones that are important you're the ones that are smart and in charge they would start demeaning and bullying the people with blue eyes i'm better than you because my eyes are brown i'm smarter than you and then you would see when when she would invert it like oh no there's new research or whatever we we found this new thing blue eyes are super creative and and just um better people overall Whenever, whatever narrative she fed these children, they were so malleable, so teachable that that they would just soak it in. And then their actions, their reality 
was now changed. Based on perception. Based on what they were taught and therefore perceived to be true. This is even the danger with, I, I feel like, teaching kids a lot of false things. You know, like things that are not proven, like Santa Claus and Tooth Fairies. Kids are so Fuck. malleable. Fuck. P- human beings in general. We don't we don't grow out of this malleable state, right? Yeah. Like. People talking about the, all the bullshit on the news, all the misinformation about candidates and their election. Yeah. And we you're looking at people internalize like, how, it and believe how it. do you believe this shit? Right. We can look at There's kids no and go. There's no fact checking. There's no reality no, it's checks. Just, oh, if you have blue eyes, you're smart. And then yeah. we don't go check these facts. We just take yeah. it as. So these are kids that had grown up together, who knew each other, who were from the same community, the same demographic. And all of a sudden, they were now judging. Because a perceived authority said one was better than the other, all of a sudden, it changes everything. And and this is why perception is a fucking fucking bitch, bitch. man. It, It layers in there so deeply in our mind. We're all taught... How, how to be like how to think what we value and this even leads into the aesthetics on like you were talking earlier about how culturally within different communities and different cultures what we value aesthetically is different like for the car example um i'm from the country so i'm going to value trucks and jeeps and things like that you are are from the ex- Economic, where you're like value luxury right, like, okay, cars. So, oh, like oh, let, me, let, let me talk about this one because well, maybe let me okay. build one other point on there. Um, but I was even thinking about like for the, again building on the women's example. Uh, historically, women who were fat could be considered beautiful because it meant that they were from uh, affluence, evidence exactly. of good living. Exactly. So. That early, was beautiful. Early, mid, late 1800s. And it, it goes in and out. Like some, Then you would go back and it was all the corsets and teeny tiny waists. And then it's fat it's again. Swayed. It goes back and forth. And now it's like this dick Our skinny. reality is dictated by cultural perceptions. And so we have to constantly be evolving and changing. To these based perceptions. On what, instead of just embracing what we look like and being happy and being decent people and living a good, intelligent life. We we're, we're all so trapped in this superficial. Sorry, that's my my. No, 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 no. I I love it. I love it. So like the one I mentioned earlier was like even contextually, if I was I'm black, if I lived in Nigeria, <laughs> if you didn't know, if I lived in Nigeria, success is driving a Mercedes Benz or Rolls Royce. Mm-hmm. I mean not Rolls Royce or a Land Rover. Land Rover. Okay. When you if you're in America and you want to if you see a nigerian driving in a in a ro uh, not rose or in a range rover or a land rover it is because culturally that is what that culture perceives to be success yeah. so a lot of nigerians tend to buy land rovers and mm-hmm. mercedes benzes even in america i know for even example your mom won't really buy a bmw or benz even though she could afford it because in her mind in her she mind. has to be a millionaire my, to afford it and my mom is yes uh, but in her mind she's like mercedes benzes are cars that the uber rich I, drive. I made it when i drive I that made, car right. and i haven't made it so i can't and afford i'm like it. Right. So even though she, it is, it's like a thirty, forty thousand dollar car, brand new. I think the Jeep she has now is probably more expensive than, than the Benz. And she's like, "Oh, one day I'll be able to afford a Benz." I'm like, you "Wait the fuck, <laughs> mom? What the fuck you say? You can't. You can get it now. She just can't get beyond that cultural mindset that Benz is what rich mm-hmm. people drive. And yeah. she thinks if I go buy a Benz, the statement I'm trying to make is I'm worth." 
multi-millions, yep. right? If you are African-American, it tends to be the Cadillac truck, the Escalade for the men. Mm-hmm. For the women, it's the... It's, I'm seeing the cultural perception shift now to like the SUV Benzes with African-American women. Yeah. That's what they drive now. With suburbia, white women in that age between 30 and 45, it tends to be like the Denali Yukon, mm. the Yukon GNC. You know what would really get my pussy wet oh, for geez. cars? What was that? Let me guess, <laughs> let me guess, let me guess. Oh, sorry. An old Mustang. Yeah. yeah. I know you. That like souped up Like classic. a gone in 60 yeah. seconds type uh. type Mustang. I, I, I should buy that for you. That shit, like, it's very American country. Like, you, you go either for the truck, Jeep, or you I go know for you, that Sarah. classic I know old you. Mustang. Kinda Look, like, I keep saying, if you and I had not met, again, this our is... Our paths do not cross no, and is, intersect is, on, like, is, any this level. This is, again, perception. And we have this conversation. You and I are not what we would have... We are product of context. Yeah. Do we love each other? 100% yes. So but, this is where But I, make no mistake that... In a different reality, uh-huh. we don't choose each other. Right. Well, this is where I'm saying, like, the wor- reality of dating now is so fucked. Like, they're damned from the beginning because you have these algorithms that are looking for, like, all these similarities, right? You have to have all these things in common. And then it's so based on the superficial. So thinking about you and I when when we met... For one, I was not as fit as I am now, for sure. I would have swiped left on you. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you would not have given me the chance. I would not have gone to the character part. Um, and then I met you when you were tipsy, so you were super giggly and funny. You're normally you not swipe that. left down, on me, so too. Like, right. Personality, I'm like, okay, this 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 dude is boring as we, hell. We like, are the product of context. If you but, had if you had not met me that night, this relationship doesn't happen. Yes. But but when we get down to like what we actually have in common, like our intelligence, our mindset, our critical thinking skills, our communication, our values, um, on yeah. those a husband and wife couple that can have deep philosophical yeah. conversations. We we believe the same things. One's about, conservative. Like, one's more moderate. We're, we're conservative and moderate on different things. It yeah, just yeah it evolves, right? It just it just, uh, just depends. Um. But my point is, like, we have actually a lot in common, but they're not the high bullet points that most people look for. And and while we're both attractive people, we're not necessarily each other's, like, Type. quintessential, like, oh, okay, this is what I'd be like, man, I'd climb that tree. Yeah. <laughs> I'd knock that down. <laughs> like, we're not the one, but... but together, when we're together, we're like, oh, man, his intelligence, his his unintentional humor because you're usually (laughs) funny when you don't mean to be things like that like we actually can see the value of it and i feel like a lot of great couples in history people who found chemistry that's how that happened you met you had that meet cue you 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 discovered someone unintentionally that it just sparked that you just feel it and you can't feel something like that through an app it it takes all the... The app is subjective in what it's judging and, and how it's allowing you to Yes, and even build. when you meet, a lot of times then you're meeting in an artificial state. It's not, it's not a real life... 
This gets worse, Sarah, because we're all, we're. This is the beginning. I fear for our kids. Like this is the end of the beginning. Okay, <laughs> this is the the computer AI. These powerful algorithms. The most powerful Ugh. algorithm out there right now is the TikTok app, and y'all motherfuckers don't even understand how powerful this algorithm is. We're I moving into TikTok. a world. We're moving into a world where our reality is shaped by the perceptions of these algorithms. That is scary. It's no longer our perceptions shaping our reality. Oh, yeah. It's 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 life for us is as, is as the algorithm perceives. That's who you marry, layer of who your friends too. are. Like everything is for social media. The foods you eat. Think about oh, that's another great example. The purchases example. you make. It's um, all being reflected to you on algorithms and apps. Okay, so another great example of this, Fire Festival. Okay. Yeah. 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 That, that shit show. Huge con. So that, fire yeah. festival. <laughs> I don't call it a con. I it just, was a con. I think it was a business proposition no, that, was that a just con. did. <laughs> that was such. I'm a, a throw. It was I'm, a scam I'm a, that got I'm away from throw, them. I'm a cutthroat capitalist. That was a, what four one one? Is that what you nine one one? Nine one one? No, not nine one one. Four one nine. Four one nine in Nigeria. That's yeah. the that's the that code for fraud. It was a scam. <laughs> They thought they'd get like a couple dozen people to show up. Nigerian princes that call you and say, "Hey, uh, my I have name a million is, dollars. My name is Mustafa." Blah 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 blah. I have, I have a hundred billion dollars. A <laughs> billion dollars, and I want you to have it <laughs> for you. It's for you, for you. Yeah. Oh god! Just send me the shipping. <laughs> send me eight hundred dollars for the. So for the got, processing so fees. So for the processing fee. I'm like, motherfucker, if you can give me a hundred billion, why I gotta give you eight hundred bucks for a processing fee? You know? Take it out of the billion. Yeah. Anyways, so Fire Festival was one of those things where they created a perception, an aesthetic, a reality online that was so real, it seemed so authentic. The the fire the festival actually came into existence. I don't think they expected it to really. They were playing off human perception. Yeah, and it took on a life of its own. Um, and that's that's the fucking world we live in, where we can create reality by creating a certain aesthetic and perception online. And your businesses now thrive or fail based on how good you are at creating an online aesthetic, an online perception. perception. 100%. It's insane. Like all that mind processing just to take a f- couple photos. So the the people, the, the parents that we have and the people who make fun of the person who's taking a picture of their lunch mm-hmm. does not understand that that's the economy we live in now. That person now makes a living taking pictures of their lunch and posting it because you see it and now go to that restaurant and then therefore they get paid to keep eating lunch and taking pictures of their food Mm -hmm. it's bananas it's scary it's scary so look i i've said this i've said it in a book if i die this is this is my philosophical stand (laughs) you're always talking about dying (laughs) because i want my fucking roses you know (laughs) like okay so so let's let's have this Um, okay pre 20th century Uh uh-huh the general belief in the world was that essence pre- preceded existence, okay. which means people believed your soul are existed before you yes, came to that, earth. Okay. That you were born with a predetermined purpose by God, and your job was to go through your life to figure out what your purpose was. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until 
the mid 20th century when the philosopher John Paul Sartre came around and said, I have an alternate idea. <laughs> what if. Oh, Sartre. What if existence precedes essence? What if we are born as empty shells、mm-hmm. with no predetermined purpose from God or whatever, the universe, and it's up to us to now imbue and infuse our lives with purpose? Yeah. Like create your own purpose as you go. You're in, in this model, you're the true invitus,、mm-hmm. the master of your fate, the captain of your soul. This at the time was such a revolutionary idea. Because up until that point, the general perception people had about purpose and meaning was that it was just given to you by God. Yeah. Right. So Sartre proposed the idea of existence precedes essence. What I am saying now, and this is my rose, this is the rose that I want, because、okay. y'all, y'all ain't heard this shit nowhere else, okay? <laughs> But this comical podcast from this cat named Deji and his wife, Sarah. The general consensus the world has today is that reality precedes perception.、Mm-hmm. People think we are living reality, and perception is just this arbitrary thing、mm-hmm. that we know about. Are you saying we're in the Matrix? What I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not getting, I'm talking way beyond blue red pill right now.、Okay. What I'm saying is perception precedes reality,、mm-hmm. which means. There is no life to be lived unless perception first creates the life that is lived. Throughout human history, it has always been that way. Perception has always created reality. The opportunities you get, the person you marry, the, the foods you eat, what、mm-hmm. you perceive to be success, what you think your value is to society, what your passions, your dreams are.、Mm-hmm. It's all perception creating reality. Yeah. That is our entire philosophy.、Yep. Perception precedes reality. Without, without perception, there is no reality. I, you were going to say something. Well, just what you were saying about Sartre and how he talked about like, being an empty shell coming in.、Um, it, it reminded me of, again, this perception talk, topic that we're talking about today and how I think. What most people should try to do with this, like now understanding how much we do judge a book by, our co- by the、Red、cover,、um, how much that's a part of our culture, our community, and, and just how we're programmed. And it's not something you can really get away from. So I think the key now is to try to unteach yourself. Unfuck that, yourself. Yeah, to unteach yourself to perceive those realities. So it's, it's coming into every interaction, every person you meet, and trying to teach, to treat them as if it's an empty shell. Like, not assuming there's anything in that other than what you come to find. That's like, tough because people come. So if I approach people with that mindset, they're coming into the space interacting with me with their bullshit. Yeah. You know, they're coming with their、Absolutely. filters. Absolutely. And, you know, there is a certain element, too, of like we, we need certain、uh, prejudices because it's how we protect ourselves. It's how we keep from wondering. You know, like we tell our kids if a strange van drives up to you at the park and offers you candy, you know, don't go with them. If you want to hide your money, if black people break into your home, just put it in a book. Then I'm. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's another stereotype. <laughs> Did not say that.、Um, 
but no, like I think there there are certain thing there are certain preconceived notions that we use, and it does help protect us from possible dangerous situations. You know, um, like if if you're a woman and you left a bar and someone's following you down a dark alley, you might want to get your pepper spray out and be prepared to run because there's Especially a good chance if he's black. <laughs> Bigger chance if he's uh, black. Society teaches you that one. Society. You watch enough movies where that's the case. And so my actual point here is to say to maybe let go of some of those preconceived notions on who's Ooh, the danger. Telling people to put their safety guards down. Because in all, in all honesty, you're more likely to get pulled over and, and raped and stuffed in the trunk by the white guy. We've seen this enough. The serial killers are almost always that 30-something unassuming white guy. That is what? The visual movies have taught you. No, no, that's what that's actually what facts and science has shown. So, what came first? Did facts shape science, or, or did facts shape the movie, or did the movie shape fact? The facts shaped the show. On so, ain't, on, ain't no black zero killers out there. Actually, it's very rare. That's that's encouraging. <laughs> it, it's very rare. I'm ladies, not saying, ladies. What that means is, if you marry a black guy or date a black guy, you have a lot less chance of. Fucking a serial killer. killer. (laughs) Yay, black. (laughs) Uh, Again, not to say that there's not black murderers out there, but um, just those like the crazy, like, let me carve you up and string you from the ceiling and do weird things to your intestines. Because black people can't have precision as a skill set. No, I'm just saying. Black people can't be surgeons. I'm giving a compliment. (laughs) I'm saying they're like less likely to be fucking insane. (laughs) Because there's no black people on movies being surgeons. Oh my gosh, so I, we, I quit. So I we quit. can be serial killers? <laughs> you can be serial killers if you want to be. Equal opportunity. I'm an equal opportunity serial killer supporter. I don't know what to say. Okay. <sighs> we appreciate you guys tuning in to listen to our conversation today about people and how they judge a book by its cover. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a five-star review on whatever audio platform you get your podcast on. Hey, all we can ask is that they listen all the way through and didn't judge the book by its cover. Uh, other than that, we can't ask for a five-star uh, they review. They already anything. knew if they were going to fuck us 30 minutes into the... <laughs> 30, 30 seconds into the conversation. They already knew if they were going to be here. Well, I hope they gave it deep. Okay. Deep and hard. Hey, if you've been in a situation where you have judged a book by its cover, let us know that. Send us an email. Or if you've been in a situation where you've been the book being judged by its cover, let us know that too. P-I-A-B podcast at gmail.com. We appreciate you guys and we'll see you next time.